Awesome. Fantastic. Fantastic. I hope you guys are enjoying your night so far. Uh, we got a lot more for you guys here tonight. Yeah, take your seats, guys. Take your seats, guys. Fantastic. Um, yeah, I hope you guys are enjoying this series that we're doing. We're doing, if you don't know, if this is your first time here tonight, we're doing Followers, which is um, an incredible theme, really. We're, doing, we're talking about um, Jesus' disciples, Jesus' followers. Um, and if, you're, if you've been coming on Sunday, which you all should be, Sunday 10 a.m., guys, um, we've also been doing that at church, and I think this will be the last last message you guys will hear on followers. And um, there's, as we, I think most of us know, there were, there were 12 disciples, there were 12 disciples, right? Um, but one of them, one of them stands out a bit more than the rest. One of them stands out a bit more than the rest for maybe, maybe the wrong reasons, right? Um, and if you haven't caught on by now, his name is Judas. <laughs> Judas. And he, if you, for some reason, if you're not aware, Judas is the one who betrayed um, Jesus and got him arrested, pretty much. Awesome. So that's who, that's who I want to talk about. Um, if you have your Bibles here tonight or your apps, open up to Luke chapter 22, verse 47. Luke 22, verse 47. Um, but before I read that out, we, have, we all have a little bit of Judas inside of us. As much as we don't like to admit it, let's be real, we all, we all have a bit of Judas inside of us. Um, and really, it's only, it's only human nature to, to lie, and it's only human nature to deceive other people, isn't it? Um, that's something we just happen to be really good at unintentionally. And um, Judas, I like to think Judas was the first one to really dog the boys. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> Judas was the first one to really dog the boys. Um, and yeah, if, yeah, dogging the boys, don't, don't do it, guys. It's not good. Dogging the boys could include, it's, yeah. So it could be if your dad calls you to come to dinner and you don't go to dinner, that's dogging the boys. Or if you don't come to youth on a Friday night, that's dogging the boys. Or if you don't come to Hubs, this Sunday, 1 p.m., guys, dog in the boys or dog in the girls. Yeah. So, well, in year 10, in year 10, um, the good old days, as I like to call them, uh, we had, <laughs> we had, we had, um, assessments were finished. It was around this time of the year, actually. Um, we still had to go to class, but our assessments were done. Like, no one really, we just rocked up because we had to rock up. Um, and, which is, stay in, keep rocking up, guys. We're not, we're not done yet. Um, and, yeah, we, we decided, the boys, there were maybe 11 of us, and we decided to, 11 or 12 of us, we decided to hold like a scavenger hunt, right? Um, and the basically, it was really easy. You just get the stuff, you get the thing, and that thing is worth certain points, right? And whoever, and they were in pairs. So whichever pair had the most points won the whole thing. And it would go over three days, and it would be this like awesome like three-day scavenger hunt. The thing is, um, well, the teachers didn't know, ab know about it. Um, and we weren't really meant to do it, um, especially because the things um, involved like school stuff, which are, which belong, you know. So we had to put it in a certain classroom for us to get the points, right? Otherwise, it wouldn't count, and you, no one would know. So if it was in that classroom, then you could claim the points. But the thing, the items were like chairs from different rooms, or Bunsen burners from the science lab, or two by fours from the wood shop, like the woodwork workshop, or like the anvil from the woodwork workshop. And it was, it was bad. We started at 9 a.m. on the first day. Um, that classroom was pretty trashed within, like a, within two hours. There was, I think there was a guitar in the ceiling. There was, um, yeah, there was a lot of stuff. So that was bad. But 
But by end of first lunch, so maybe 11.30, by 11.30, someone had dogged the boys. And we were all, all of us were found out we were all in trouble. We were all in so much trouble for, you know, putting guitars in the ceiling. Um, and yeah, someone had dogged the boys. Someone had dogged the boys. Never dog the boys. That's right, Hamish. Never dog the boys. Oh, Hamish is here. Hamish is here. Never dog the boys. Um, but we all, we all have a bit of Judas inside of us. Um, first of all, we all, we've all fallen short of the glory of God, right? Romans 3 says that. We've all fallen short of the glory of God. That includes you, and that includes me, and that includes Judas. We're all kind of on a, a level playing field. But the good news is, the very next verse says that we have grace. We're all justified freely by grace. We all have grace. Um, but Judas maybe was one step further. You know, he was, he, he was as close as humanly possible to Jesus, wasn't he? He was, prob- he was like, like one of the closest 12 people to Jesus. Right. That's pretty, that's like as close as you can get. Um, he, he had seen it all. He had preached, he'd seen Jesus preach to the crowds. He'd seen Jesus do signs and wonders and miracles, right? He'd seen all these fantastic things that Jesus had done, yet you could tell he had small doubts along the way. He had these little small doubts in his mind along the way. And maybe some of you are here tonight and you, you, you do have those little thoughts in your mind. Um, can I just encourage you really quickly to, this is when you have to use your faith to overcome the doubt. Use your faith to overcome the doubt. Um, in Psalms, I think it says, be still and know that he is God, right? Be still and know that he is God. Not, not be still and question, not be still and wonder if he is God. Be still and know that he is God. Yeah? Amen? And that's, yeah, that's what, we, that's what we have to do. Don't live in unbelief like Judas did. We'll go into that in a second. Um, but yeah, we have 11 disciples, 11 people who are, who are incredibly ordinary. They were normal people like you and me, and we talked about them for the last month, right? And it gives us examples, it gives, it gives us hope that normal people like you and me can do incredible things like the disciples did. And then there's Judas. There's this one person who, you know, he stands as a warning about the potential evil of spiritual, spiritual carelessness, of being, of being, of unbelief, um, yeah, of unbelief. So if you have your Bibles, Luke twenty-two forty-seven, it says this, while he was still speaking, a crowd came up, and the man who was called Judas, one of the 12, was leading them. He approached Jesus to kiss him, but Jesus asked him, Judas, are you betraying the Son of Man with a kiss? When Jesus' followers saw what was going to happen, they said, Lord, should we strike with our swords? And one of them struck the servant of the high priest, cutting off his right ear. Jesus answered, no more of this, touching the man's ear, and healed him. And tonight, I want to talk to you guys about um, Judas's road to betrayal and, wh- and what happened after that. Judas's road to betrayal. What happened along the way? Um, I, think it's, I think it's fair. I think it's fair to assume that it wasn't sudden like that. He didn't wake up. One morning going, I'm going to dog the boys today. I don't think that's what happened. I think, I think it was a continual thing, something, a prolonged period of time. It was a habit, right? He didn't just wake up and dog the boys. Um, it was a continual failure specifically to submit to God's will. It was a continual failure to submit to God and his will. Um, I, I personally think Judas's conversion to Christianity, like when he decided to be a follower, and decided to be a disciple was legit. He was sincere about it. But maybe Jesus wasn't all that he was hoping for. Maybe, maybe Jesus wasn't all that Judas was hoping for. You know, a lot of the people at that time, maybe he, he was expecting, you know, this b- 
big political military leader who would come in maybe on a unicorn or something with all guns blazing, right? Like maybe a spotlight from heaven would shine and that would be, well, maybe that's what a lot of the people um, were expecting. Um, yet we know that Jesus was a mere baby in a manger, right? Um, maybe he wasn't all that he thought the savior of the world would be. To make things worse, Jesus was really controversial, right? Jesus wasn't, he wasn't, he didn't have a popular opinion. He was very unpopular with, um, with, uh, with the authorities. And uh, we know that Judas was a very big, was very patriotic, was very, um, was, a, was a nationalist, that sort of thing. Um, and it's sometimes cheeky to follow things that are unpopular, isn't it? In, um, there, was a, there was a class that I was in, and it was in English, and you had to pick, it was like yes or no, and you weren't allowed to be in the middle. And it was, you had to literally move to that side of the room. Um, and they would give you a statement whether you agree or not. And so it could be really easy ones, like um, is killing bad? Obviously killing is bad. Maybe another easy one is, um, is Manchester United better than Liverpool? That one's very easy. But there was some, there was some, <laughs> there was some other ones. There was some other, you know, trickier ones that weren't easy. Gay marriage was one of them, that wasn't easy. That wouldn't have been a popular opinion, right? That's, there's, there's, there's sometime, it's sometimes not easy to follow the unpopular crowd. And in John chapter 6, it says that Jesus' teaching was quite hard to accept. Jesus' teaching was radical. It was, it was really cheeky to accept. Yet, as followers, as disciples, that's one of the first steps that we have to acknowledge. We have to acknowledge that it's, it's the hard road. It's not the easy road. Jesus' teaching and following Jesus is not the easy road. It's like playing life on hard mode. But let me tell you, let me tell you it's so worth it. Yeah, it's so worth it to follow, to follow him. There are some, maybe there were some other thoughts that crept in his mind. Um, little thoughts. Is he really, is he really the Messiah? Maybe that crossed Judas's mind. Little habits of unbelief and unwillingness. Unbelief and unwillingness. Um, and ultimately, it was Judas's unbelief and unwillingness to submit to the will of God that cost him. That's what cost him in the end. Um, if you are struggling with that, it is tricky to, to follow something that's so unpopular. But if you are struggling with that, can I just remind you that God's ways are higher than our ways. His ways are not our ways, and his timing is far better than ours. Yeah? And maybe, you know, Judas, what he did was he assumed that what he wanted, he assumed that what Judas wanted was what God wanted as well. And that's, that's, that's a big mistake to make. Um, what we want is not always what God wants. And we have to submit to his will. And, you know, it could be, let me give you some examples. Maybe it could be a career. Maybe you have a dream job in mind, right? Maybe you have something that you really want to do, but maybe God hasn't called you to do that. Maybe God has something else in mind for you. Um, you know, it could be something more worldly like greed or money. It could be something like a cute boy or a girl. Or that person who keeps texting you, even though you both know that you're not good for each other. That sort of thing. What we, we have to remember, we have to remember that God's ways are not always our ways. What we want isn't always what he wants. Part of that is dying to yourself, dying to yourself. In Philippians chapter 3, we talked about this last term. In Philippians chapter 3, um, Paul writes that um, he considers everything as garbage. Everything is garbage because of how much, because of the surpassing knowledge of knowing God. Just from knowing God, everything else is garbage in Paul's eyes. And that's, that's a great view to have, dying to yourself and living for Christ.
Awesome. So there was another person, though, one of the 12 disciples who was kind of like Judas. Maybe he wasn't as bad, but it's someone that we love to love, you know, and his name is Peter. We love to love Peter, don't we? We love Peter. If you weren't here maybe two Sundays ago, I think Pastor John was talking about Peter. It was, a, it was a great message. You guys should check it out if you weren't here. But Peter is this big, you know, he's the lovable sidekick, really. He's the lovable sidekick. Um, we love to love him. He was, he's the, you know, dives headfirst into things. If, if you guys ever had, like, someone who shakes your hand, like, a bit too hard or gives you, like, a hug that's a bit too much, that was probably Peter, right? That was probably him, a bit too much. But we still love him. Um, and it's important to remember, we paint Judas as this big, you know, bad person. But him and Peter were probably friends because they traveled together as, one, as disciples, yeah? And they, they probably traveled together uh, and were probably friends. So imagine being Peter in the verse that we read. Imagine being Peter, you're with Jesus and you're with the other maybe 10 disciples. And you see, in the, dis- in the distance, it's a group of people. They look angry and there's, they have weapons. And at the, at the front is Judas leading them, your friend. It's your friend Judas leading them. And we all know how that story ends. Then that's when Judas dogs the boys. Spoiler alert, that's where he dogs the boys. But imagine seeing your friend lead a betrayal. You, n- no. You, you wouldn't turn your back on Jesus, would you? No. No, you wouldn't. I wouldn't. No. You wouldn't steal a, you wouldn't steal a car. You wouldn't steal a movie. You wouldn't betray Jesus, <laughs> right? You wouldn't. You, you wouldn't do that. You wouldn't do that. No, you wouldn't. You wouldn't do that. But Peter did, right? Peter denies Jesus three times. He denies even knowing him, let alone being his follower or being his disciple. He doesn't even, he denies knowing Jesus three times before the rooster crows. Um, verse 60 of Luke 22, that same chapter, Peter's already denied him twice. And in the NIV, it says, um, Peter replied, man, I don't know what you're talking about. I don't, I don't know why I decided to put man in there. Just as he was speaking, the rooster crowed. The Lord turned and looked straight at Peter. And Peter remembered the word the Lord had spoken to him. Before the rooster crows today, before the rooster crows today, you will disown me three times. In fact, Peter's, Peter's actions were similar to Judas's, weren't they? Judas betrayed him, but Peter denied him. And that's not too much better, right, if you want to think about it that way. Peter denied Jesus. Um, yet, in the end, Peter ended up leading the early church, right? We know that Peter did all these incredible signs and wonders and miracles. Peter did all these incredible things, and Judas died a cowardly death, right? Judas died a really cowardly death. Um, and if you take away one thing from what I say tonight, let it be this. It's not about your sin. Jesus has already died for your sin. It's about how you respond when you're confronted with it. Yeah? It's not about your sin because Jesus has already died for your sin. It's about how you respond when you're confronted with it. It's about how you respond when you're confronted with it. And I really want to spend the rest of my time really contrasting what happens between Peter and Judas. Because they, they both turn their back on Jesus. But one of them did incredible things and the other one committed suicide the day later. Right? So the Bible says, the Gospels all tell us that Judas, both Judas and Peter were upset. They were both really upset. Um, Peter was sorrowful, and so was Judas. Um, we know that Peter broke down and wept bitterly, is what it says. Um, but there's a key difference, because Peter's sorrow brought repentance, right? Peter's sorrow brought repentance, but 
Judas is sorry, bought remorse. And repentance is a turning around, it's like turning around, a literal, an actual permanent change in action, right? We know that Peter completely turned around and spread Christianity, ended up dying for Jesus, dying to his loyalty. And Judas's remorse, he, he wallowed in his own sadness a bit. He was, he wallowed a bit. Like he, you know, maybe he sat in his room and, and cried for a few hours and then just kind of gave up. He wallowed a bit. He was a wallower, not a follower. And I think, <laughs> I totally just made that one up on the spot, guys. Like, that was insane. And it was, it was a, it was, that's not good. That's not good. Worried, Judas was worried by the consequences of his actions rather than his attitude behind the actions. He was worried by the consequences of his actions rather than his attitude. And Judas went and killed himself, overwhelmed with the shame, which is a pretty big deal, right? Peter's sorrow brought repentance. Judas's sorrow brought remorse. Repentance, remorse, repentance, remorse. They're not the same thing. Repentance and remorse, they both, you both acknowledge that the behavior is wrong. You both know that something's wrong, but repentance brings about permanent change. There's an actual turning around, acknowledging you were wrong, and turning around and changing your life for the better. Remorse, you might even change your life for a bit, but it's never, it's never forever. It's always temporary. Maybe the, the best analogy I could come up with is like a speeding ticket. If you're driving, um, and maybe you're a little late for church, um, and you, you know, you're speeding a bit. I've seen you guys drive. You're speeding a little bit, and you're... You know, you get pulled over by the by the by the cop by the by the cops, and um, you know, if you're remorseful, if you if you feel remorse, then you what happens is you are you feel you feel upset about it, and you might even slow down when you're driving for the next few weeks or months, but eventually you creep back up, and you're speeding again. Nothing's changed, but if you're really repentant, then you stop speeding and you change your life permanently. Does that make sense? That's the difference between repentance and Remorse. There's, if you're taking notes tonight, repentance, there's three easy steps. Repentance, number one, confess your sin. Really simple. Confess your sin, acknowledging your sin. Number two, leaving it at the foot of the cross. Leave it at the cross. So Jesus died for your sin, and that includes this one. And number three, ask the Holy Spirit to change us. Because remember, that's the active, permanent change. Amen? Awesome. And lastly tonight, I want to... I really want to talk about this. It's where, where do you turn? Touch someone and say, where do you turn? Touch the person next to you and say, where do you turn? Where do you turn? Where do you turn? She turned away. Who are you guys going to call? Who are you guys going to call? Where do you turn? I was totally looking for that one. Where do you turn? So, actually, yeah, musicians, please come as well. Judas was remorseful. Judas was remorseful. We know that. He ended, up, he ended up dying. And he turned to the wrong place. Judas ended up giving the blood money back, right? He ended up tossing the money back into the temple, and he looked for help in the Pharisees, in the religious leaders. He looked for help in the religious, re- in the religious leaders, and we know that he, his response, his answer that he got was, the Pharisees didn't care. What is, that? what is that to us? That's your responsibility. Go save yourself. That's not our problem. And that is, that is so typical of the world, isn't it? That's so typical. Maybe sometimes, you know, they often promise, they promise so many things that they can't, they can't give. They promise freedom, but you get slavery. The world promises enjoyment, but it brings guilt. And Judas turned to religion. Where are you going to turn? Judas turned to religion. He needed to turn to Christ. Amen? J- Judas turned to religion, but really needed to turn to Christ. And some of you are here tonight, and maybe you've looked in all the wrong places. Maybe you've looked everywhere. 
Maybe you've looked in all the wrong places. Maybe you've looked in um, getting a second job, or getting a first job, or maybe getting more money, maybe, maybe looking in other relationships or romantic relationships. Maybe you've been looking in the wrong place. But I really want to encourage you guys tonight that the only place that doesn't lead, that doesn't lead to death is Christ. We all need Christ. In the end, really, Judas, if we, if we really think about it, Judas' sins and Peter's sins are no different from our sins. They're no different from our sins, right? And I don't, I don't want to bring doom and gloom or anything. That's not what I'm here for. But in the end, there's no difference. The difference between, we know that Peter ended up doing all these incredible things, but Judas didn't. The difference is where they went to church. And I don't mean a literal church. I mean, what preaching are you hearing when you're feeling overwhelmed? What preaching are you hearing when you're feeling overwhelmed? Are you, are you listening to the worldly things? Maybe you're listening to those things I said before. Maybe you're even turning to other religions. But religion is not what you need. You need Christ in this moment. Religion is not what you need. You need Christ in this moment. And really, this is, the most incre- this is, this is a crucial point. The preaching that you hear when you turn and what you turn to when you're feeling overwhelmed will either save you or destroy you. This is crunch time, guys. This is it. Judas turned to the worldly religion. Peter turned to Christ. Peter was actually planted in the church at that time. It's so important to be planted in the church. It's so important. Peter, Peter was there when Jesus was announced to be alive. Peter saw Jesus appear on Easter and heard him speak, and, and Jesus called him to repentance. Maybe you guys need to hear that tonight. Maybe you guys need to hear the message of Christ and the message of the gospel, and it's really simple. It's really simple. There is no sin too big. And in fact, your sins have already been paid for. That is the good news. That, that is the gospel in a nutshell, isn't it? Your sins, no sin is too big. All your sins have been forgiven. Um, so if you guys want to close your eyes for a second. And I, I want to pray for two groups of people tonight. And maybe you've been sitting here and you don't really know what I'm talking about. Maybe, maybe you've heard of Jesus. Maybe you've, maybe you've, maybe you even know a little bit about him. But really, if we're being real with ourselves, we're not planted. And we're not really turning to Christ when we need to most. So if that, if that describes you tonight, and if you, want to, if, you want to give your life, if you want to give your life to Christ tonight, um, then I'm going to count to three in a second, and I want you to raise your hand. Um, but it's such an important decision to make. It's the first step in your, in your journey as a follower. It's your first step in your journey as a follower. So with every eye... Every eye closed and head bowed. I'm going to count to three in a second. And if you want to give your life, then raise your hand. One, Jesus loves you. Two, he cares about you and wants the best for you. Three, if you want to give your life to him, raise your hand right now. Raise your hand right now if you want to give it to him. Awesome. Just give it a second longer. Fantastic. Okay, we're all going to pray. Just repeat after me. Thank, dear God, thank you for dying on the cross. Thank you that you love us. Thank you that you care for us. Thank you that you sent your son to die on the cross for our sins. I turned from the way I was living, and I looked to the cross. Thank you, Jesus. Amen.
fantastic, fantastic. Yeah, can we give it up? And we have we have a little bit more time here tonight. And we have we're gonna get um, we're gonna play a few more worship songs. Um, but the second group of people, maybe Judas and Peter at their lowest point really does describe you. Maybe you didn't betray Jesus. Maybe you didn't deny him. But maybe you're at a crossroads and you need to repent. And maybe you need to come to the foot of the cross and confess your sins. Or maybe you just need to, you need some quality time with your Lord and Savior. So if that's you tonight, I'm going to encourage you guys to really, to really lay it down at the foot of the cross. And we have some leaders around that are going to pray for you. Um, but we're just going to go into a time of worship. Awesome.